Welcome to Tice Talks, where we discuss all things faith and family. Thank you for joining us for part two of The Me I Want to Be. Let's take a listen as they begin their discussion. Welcome to Tice Talks today. This is uh, Neil Berkey. Don't I am your co-host. No, not me. It's not you. It's me. I'm talking. And don't be interfering. And don't be jumping in. I'm not... I was just... <laughs> He was he was highlighting the page. Okay. And and he was doing jumping jacks uh, for our, from our last episode from exercise. of exercise. <laughs> well, welcome to Tice Talks. This is Pastor Dave Tice from Liberty Baptist Church here in Las Vegas. And again, we are privileged to have with us Neil Berkey, our associate pastor. He is in charge of counseling ministry here at Liberty Baptist Church, as well as missions, as well as children's ministry, is is um, involved in our church in a totally, completely whole manner. And uh, I'm so thankful for him and for what he is doing. Last time we were with him, uh, we talked about becoming the person that God wants you to be, becoming the me that I want to be. And uh, he taught this at our Maximize Life conference last time we had that, back in September. And I wanted him to be able to share with you those principles because they were so, so vital and so, so good. So we're going to talk, we've we've already talked about renewing your mind and discovering uh, who God wants you to be. Now, I was going to give you a quiz, but you already passed it. That was, you got 100%. That's great. Great job. That's great. It's great when you have crib notes and you can cheat. <laughs> and so I have that here. And so uh, we're excited about that. And we're uh, going to talk today about then how we can have more effectively deepen our relationships. So we're going to talk about relationships, and that's great because we have a relationship. Yeah, we do. We we have some uh, very encouraging as well as, I don't know if we'd even share some of the things that interactions we've had together. Uh, we've, we've driven over 2,000 miles together. That's, that's uh, and that was quite... On one trip. That's quite revealing when you drive across the United States <laughs> with one individual in a little car. It was It was an amazing thing. We've also played games together. Yeah, we sure have. And what's sad is, what is sad to report is that I'll teach Pastor Berkey a game that I know, and he is so good with numbers that he winds up beating me in the game. I, I And for that reason... Our relationship does struggle, you know, from time to time. You actually win. Uh, you actually win a little bit uh, okay. when we played. Not the last time we played, but no, no. Uh, you do win occasionally. Last time you beat me, like we played this game called Farkle, which is a weird game, uh, and it's a game with dice. And uh, we, um, uh, and he beat me like by four thousand points. You only go to ten thousand points, so he was really left me in the in the smoke. We also play a game called Rook. Um, and, uh, and again, he has humiliated me. Um, uh, he's not like Rob Redlin who cheats, but, uh, he humiliated but, me. But occasionally, but occasionally I'll let you win. I mean, occasionally you, you win. And so, uh, I think it's good though. I think it's good <laughs> that you're saved so, and that you're not down at the gambling casinos because I think <laughs> you could be addicted because you're so... You're, you're probably right. You so so, so deepening our uh, right relationship, right friendships rather, uh, yes. gives gives way to uh, some important uh, truths uh, which we uh, which we find. What a, what a helpful uh, topic this was for me 
And, um, and just to be quite transparent with you has helped me to have a deeper relationship with others as I was studying for this. And so I, I really am looking forward to sharing uh, these truths um, with our audience as You're well. You're going to be talking about deepening right, right uh, friendships, right, in just yeah, a few minutes. That's exactly and I right. think that's important. I think it's important that we have the right type of friendships because friendships will either ruin us or they'll reveal Christ in us. Yeah, you're exactly. I mean, you can. You've thought back over your life, and I, I, I've thought. I can think back over the period of my life as well. That there's been some relationships I probably should have, um, have canceled, have should have walked away from. Walked away from. But there's also ones that I'm like, oh, I probably that we we ended up parting ways. But I should have I should have given more to that relationship. And so, as we think about this this idea of deepening the right friendships or relationships. Um, we should really give our relationships the top priority in our life. The sad thing is, as people come to the end of their life, there was one guy I, I had talked to, very sad. Um, I talked to, he was in the movie industry, and in fact, he, he wasn't an actor. Uh, he was just, um, he had brought the food out and things like that. Towards the end of his life, I said, in fact, it was a few, I think, months before he died, I said, I said what was the best thing that you did in your life? Tell me a few of the things that you really enjoyed. And as he replied back, I felt the absence, the sadness of his relationships. Because what he, what he said to me was this. He said, Neil, he says, the best times I've had in my life was the interactions that I had with movie stars. And as I thought about that, I was saddened to hear that. And the reason why is because there was no real relationship. There was no real uh, connecting point with him and, uh, and an actor. And I thought, how sad. And so as we talk through this point, um, this which will take the rest of our time to talk through, there's some important things that we need to talk about. And well, I would say one tell, of those. Go ahead. I was just going to say, tell us about the power of connect- connectedness. Yeah, the power of connectedness, that's, uh, is, is, is valid in our, in our time, if not any, especially in our day and age now. But connectedness is not the same thing as knowing many people. So sometimes we would we would say, "Oh yeah, I have I'm I'm tapped out on on Facebook friends. I have five thousand friends." Well, well, tell me about those five thousand friends. Well, I, I have Joe, I have Tim, I have Jan. You have all start listening to these people. It's one thing to be to classify yourself as having friends. But it's another thing to know about those friends. That's connectedness. Like the Christmas card accounts years ago. You get 8,000 Christmas cards and you don't know any of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. cards back to them because they sent cards to you. Yeah. So physically, the destructive aspects of isolation are, are so devastating and powerful in our life. Um, even animals, I've, I've been told, even the animals that are isolated experience more intensive... Um, arterial sclerosis uh, than animals that are not isolated. So you think about people that have isolated, that um, that aren't around people, that aren't connective. If an animal faces that, um, obviously we're, we're much more um, to God than, than an animal, the Bible talks about. But, but if that does that for animals, imagine what it does for us in our life. So um, <clears throat> a friend of mine used to have a dog and a cat, that dog and cat, they fought for years. But then one day, 
uh, that cat died and the dog did not want to eat anymore. Not too long after that, the dog died. Why? Because there's a connectiveness with, uh, with items with, and especially with people. I've known people that have been married for years, many, many years. And it's, uh, after one of the spouses died, it's not typically very longer that the other spouse does. And so that connectiveness, that finding a deep level of friendship. Even is, with a cat and a dog that fought for yeah. years and years and years. Yeah. So, um, so you've, you've, uh, grown, grown up with, um, you have five kids, five, five, uh, five children. I'm sure they probably had some Lego blocks growing up, didn't they? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. They've got, in fact, we've got Lego blocks all over our garage and they're still there from, uh, <laughs> from leftovers so that all of our grandchildren can come over and play with them. Yeah. yeah. Lego Legos can be a, a good thing and Legos can be a bad thing. They're a good thing for kids, but when they leave them out and you trip over them or you step on them, they're very painful. But um, this idea of Legos are can deal a Brit or can bring a great level of insight to us with this idea of friendships. If uh, if you take one of those blocks, they're multicolored, but on the top of them they have these these connective points. Um, and sometimes they're a two-by-four, so they have two rows of, of four blocks, four little connecting points. And each of us are like a Lego block. There's some that are very deep when you think about that Lego block. There's some that are tall, and there's some that are flat. You have some that are flat that are that base plate. You know the one I'm talking about? Yes, the one uh, that has, you can place a whole bunch of things on. Typically green. Yes, green. They have yellow. Um, but those base plates have a lot of connecting points, but they have a very shallow, a uh, shallow plate. And so you can think about this when connecting with people, um, you may have a lot of different connections with people, but your, your level of them may be very shallow. The thing I love about my wife is she's very, she's not only very connected with people, but she has a very wealth of knowledge about the people. I'll ask her, about somebody and she tells me a whole lot about them. I'm like, wow. And yet somebody else, I mean, she's very knowledgeable. She's very connected, but she has a very deep knowledge. So as we think about that, we have a, we have a, uh, a lake, uh, in the middle of Nevada. I was trying to think the name of it, but it's, it's Lake Mead. It's no, not Lake Mead. That's in the bottom part, but up in the middle of Nevada near Hawthorne, there's this there's a, there's a lake. It is huge. It's huge. I think it's called Tucker Lake. I'm not sure. It's huge, but it is very, very, it's very, very shallow. And um, in fact, it, it has lost, it's gone down so much that the the uh, fish in the lake have all died. Walker Lake is, is the name of it. Okay. And um, uh, it's, it's very, very shallow. Uh, there's not much life-sustaining in there because it's so shallow and and the, a, a, a preacher said to me not too long ago he said i i have all sorts of contacts everywhere he said it's it's like it's like miles wide but like an inch deep oh. <laughs> he said i said i just don't feel connected yeah with anyone and he and uh, i thought that was a very interesting analogy miles wide and about an inch deep. Yeah. Uh, now he said that's not true with my family, but he said right. he said so many people and yet so shallow. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference to say the least to have at least one good friend. In fact, right now as you're listening, 
can you think of one good friend that you have? I'm not saying the friend that you'd be like, hey, how was the game? I'm talking about a friend that you can share anything with. If you don't have that friend, then that's what this whole lesson is about, is about helping you find that friend. There's a few ways that you can connect with others, and um, I want to share those with you. One is show care. Anybody can show care. This idea of showing care is you're considering someone else. You're thinking of others. And so when somebody's hurting, hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm okay. No, no, how really, how are you doing? I mean, we ask people, hey, how's everything? How's everything? And the natural response is to say, okay. But finding out really how someone is, show care. Maybe even showing interest in them. I would be the second point, showing interest in their and what what their uh, their interests are, and then I would just say spending time with them. These are three easy ways to really connect with others: is time, spending time with them, interests, and then um, and then showing care. Uh, uh, one good way is is praying for somebody, praying for them and following up. Hey, how did this situation go? How did this procedure go? Uh, how are you feeling? These are great ways to be able to find friends. And so um, um, we have the power of connectiveness, um, but also we have the gift of delighting. If you cannot do great things, do what you can. It may be a little. You say, I can't do very much. Well, do it. And as you do that, you would be amazed at how that impacts the lives of others. I just, I get encouraged if somebody will just drop a note off on my on my uh, desk and I I'll, I say what's this and I, I'll open it up and it's a note just saying that somebody appreciates me and and when you've had a bad day and somebody says hey I appreciate you it really it it takes you to the next step it gets you it keeps you going yeah and uh, those things are so so vital and so uh, important I think about Ronald Reagan writing notes every single day to Nancy Reagan, wife, yeah. just to say I love you. Uh, what an encouragement that was. Why was she so loyal to him throughout his life? Because he con- continually connected to her. Yeah. And so so this idea of connecting or deepening the right friendships, you have to find the right people. Because there will be some, as we mentioned before, some people that just aren't right for you. And so it's okay. Move on. But... Finding that power of connectedness, the gift of delighting, the gift of committing, and then just be human. Just be human. You can only be loved to the extent that you are known. Um, This idea of of situations of sin, of problems that we deal with, it affects us all. But this idea of sin, sin isolates us, and sin, as it isolates us, it'll make us sick to our soul and even hurt our body. And confessing that, and then prayer connectedness to each other and to God ushers in that spirit that really helps bring healing in our life. And so, um, so finding friends. So, so, uh, in ministry, in ministry, it can be probably a challenging time to, to a challenging way or area to, to have friends, but you have friends in, in ministry, multitude of friends, would you say? Yeah, I have, I have, I have many, many associates and I've got, I've got a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. Uh, I was just talking to a group of preachers uh, just a little while ago and t- talking about how important it is if we are 
to keep going forward because there's so much discouragement out there to have Christian uh, co-workers that you that are an encouragement to you that lift you up that's so so vitally important yeah so if you if you don't even if you're in a situation where you're saying you know I don't have any Christian co-workers you have somebody you have somebody and find and build those relationships ask God God help me to have a friend and then look for opportunities to be a friend to somebody else. All of us need people. Um, I like the fact you say to show care, show interest, and spend time with them. That's, we, th- those are th- so simple, yeah. but that's true. I mean, those are things we have to do in order to be uh, a friend. Yeah. And, uh, and, and those are the things that show people that we, that we really care. Yeah, so as we're thinking about people that are like-minded, as people that are similar to us, many times those are the people that we naturally connect to. Those are the people that we naturally can befriend. But I would say, in opposition to that thought, I would say use difficult people, people that may rub you the wrong way. I would use um, difficult people, I, I would just classify it as that way, to help you grow. Is that why we get along so well? Because, that could be. That because could be. you're a difficult person? I, it may be. It may be. And I appreciate your openness and your kindness towards me. Uh, even as we speak now, you're you're a friend. <laughs> you, you are a friend. I'm here for you. Thank you for your graciousness. But in all, 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 really all sincerity, and um, as we speak through this point, um, we are far more affected by the impact of other people in our lives than we, we really, really realize. And so... Um, we need to always, always, always be energizing, um, be energized, and uh, or else we're we will be drained by inter- every interaction. So some people in life bring energizing, and some bring draining. But try in every situation to learn from people to help you grow. People that rub you the wrong way, maybe I should maybe I said that differently or difficult. But uh, finding ways to be better at what you do, because you need to, be, you and I both need to be the best friends that we possibly could be. That's true. Let me so. let me go to this statement that you that I'm I'm reading, something that you wrote. It says no pedestals. What does that mean? So no pedestals. So sometimes we elevate ourselves, um, and in our social platforms, it's really easy to do this. So in Facebook, I say, oh, look at this. Look what I've done. Look at this done. Look, look, look what I was able to be a part of. And we can lift ourselves up so that people will want to be our friend. But in being benevolent to other people, we shouldn't allow people to be our friend. We should be, we should be a friend to others. You see the difference with that? So I'm not lifting myself up. Oh, uh, everyone is standing in line to be my friend. No, I should be the one that's re- reaching out and going to somebody else to be a friend. Instead of lifting myself up and making myself look like this amazing person or th- that's done this and this and this and this, I've just be a friend to people. And so, uh, so don't put yourself. Don't. It's. It can be easy to put myself on a pedestal and to show the world. But if you did that, if if I did that on Facebook. Or if I did that on Twitter or another social handler account, if I say, hey, look at this, look what I did, you can notice even by the replies, there's a lot less people that will respond as a result of saying, oh, you did this. And so just being a friend of people, include people, hey, this is what we did. 
it's uh it's a friend there really is uh there is no real they lived happily ever after fairy tale ending for anybody every one of us face struggles every one of us have got difficulties and if i'm going to be real then i have to allow that reality to come out if i'm if i'm wanting you i said one time to a friend of mine when i was in the 7th or 8th grade i really had a hard time with the fact that i just had a problem with self image and uh, so i uh, i said to him his name was billy i said billy let's get let's get together i was very comfortable with him but we had a group of friends yeah. that were closer to him than they were to me and uh, he said um, he said well let's go over there i said i don't want to go over there i said those people don't like me yeah. He said, what do you want them to do? They like you. What do you want them to do? Kiss your feet? And I, <laughs> I said, well, no. And then he, he just he just sort of reamed me about the fact that I was more concerned about me than I was about them. Yeah. And um, I thought, well, uh, that was true. And I learned a lesson yeah. uh, from that. Um, we just need to love people for who they are and let people love us or like us for who we are. And uh, accept the way they show us that they like us or love us. Yeah, there's a, that's so true. That's I love how you say that because there is there will be people that will naturally not be your friend, but that still means doesn't mean I should not try to be. Somebody said this that twenty five percent of people um, will like you, and nothing will ever change that. Twenty five percent of people will like you and something can change that. But yet 25% of people will dislike you and you can change that or 25% of people will hate you and nothing doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you but do. But you still should try. You should still try. And um, did you uh, did you end up going over there? Yep, we went over. We were I'm friends. I uh, if they I don't know how many of those friends are alive today, but yeah. uh, but uh, if I saw them and I knew them and I talked to them, I would be their friend. Uh, to this day, uh, you just you you have to learn. Again, it's not all about you; it's all about others. And and again, once once you come to the reality, and I think that's what your what your focus has been on these two sessions. Once you come to the reality that you are the person that God created you to be, and you become content with that person, then you can befriend just about anybody. Yeah. And if they reject you, they're rejecting God. Yeah. So for the introvert, the the introvert, that what they're thinking is, oh, I I really can't go across the room and introduce myself. I just can't do that. No, you can, and you can have strength to do that. And then for the extrovert, the person that's like, oh, let me tell you everything about me. Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you this. And you just you think of others. It's th- thinking, oh, what is your name? What is uh, what what awesome things have you done? Wow, this is cool. And so it's talking about others where the introvert just needs to talk. And so for these two struggles for these individuals, it's I challenge you to get out of that, to, to tr- take a step this week. I want to give you a, a challenge. This week, find an opportunity. Ask God to help you to overcome that. There's, um, In fact, I want to ask you a few questions. Who is the friend that you are most transparent with? Because all of us should have that individual as a friend. Um, for me, it's it's my wife. Uh, she's the, the person inside my marriage I'd be most transparent with. But then there's some people as well. There's a, a guy that I pray for each and every day. His name's Mike. 
And uh, he's probably the most person um, that I'm transparent with outside as a friend. Um, There's several others that come to mind that each day I'll text them, see how they're doing, I'll pray for them. And, um, and that happens as a result of building friendships. But that wasn't always the case. There was a time uh, a few years ago, uh, many years ago, though, that I didn't have a friend. I, if I were to ask, if somebody were to say, hey, who's your best friend? I would have said, well, my best friend in uh, middle school was Paul. Yeah, but who your, who's your friend now? And I'd have to think, and I don't know if I, I, don't, I, don't know if I had an answer for that. Hmm. It's yeah. amazing. When you pray, I know that the one person you just mentioned is your prayer partner. Yeah. It's amazing how you develop intimacy with somebody that you pray with. Yeah. I mean, and uh, and that, that friendship grows when you're really genuinely praying for somebody. Absolutely. It starts with a need. And so, and then it's it grows with uh, with a desire to be a help. I love how that uh, that our relationship um, has grown as a result of, and I would do anything anything I possibly could for for Mike because he's a good good friend of mine, and, and I would I would classify him as a best friend. But um, but let me ask you, you're you you are this year, uh, you'll be sev- uh, seventy. I'm no, sorry, sixty seven. No, no. Yeah, get right. Sixty seven. Get right. Get right. <laughs> 67 years I'll old. Be 67 years old. So what would you class, as as kind of we bring these things to a close, what would you say, this is in my 67 years that I've, I've been in life, this is a couple principles I would say I would add to that. Well, I would say this. Uh, I heard somebody being interviewed who was much older than me, 80-some years old, and they said, what, what's a key to long life? I, and the answer was a little old lady. She said, don't get angry at anyone. Huh. And never hold a grudge, she said. And if you do have a, a hold a grudge, get rid of it really quick. And she said, be thankful. Huh. I think it's very important that we look at our world and say, look at what God has given to us. Yeah. Look at what, look at the privileges we have. Uh, I ref- and and <clears throat> I have made this a principle throughout my life. If. Uh, if somebody does, somebody who I really love winds up mistreating me, I like to look, or from my perspective, yeah, I like to look at what they did that was good and focus on the good. Uh, as a young pastor, uh, I made well, so many mistakes, and, uh, and I had people leave the church, and they'd be angry at me, and they would say things about me that were unkind. And I taught my kids, and I decided, I just decided, there was too many good things and too many good memories that I had with that individual to focus on the bad things that they did. And so I would teach our kids, and I believe this, that you should focus on the good times you've had instead of on the bad times you've had and understand that people, you, you could have son, you could have been part of that problem. Yeah. Uh, and um, so um, realizing again, like you said, I'm, I am who God made me to be. I'm not, uh, I'm, God didn't make me to be some superstar or some, uh, uh, some celebrity. God created me to minister to people in the Las Vegas Valley, and now that's expanding. But I just very simply want to be what God wants me to be. And if there's, uh, and I'm going to focus on people's good qualities, and I'm going to focus on the help they've been to me, not on the negative aspects of their life. So that's allowed me to be friends with people from all different backgrounds, people from different um, ministry backgrounds. Uh, 
uh, because I'm, um, my focus is uh, on what I can do to help people instead of on what they can do to make me more of what I would like to be. Yeah. I love that. We're all growing in our life. And it's not that we can ever come to a point. You probably would say, wouldn't say, oh, I've gotten to this point. I don't need to grow anymore. We all get to, uh, we, and we, that's a challenge that we face because it's like, oh, I have this many friends. No, we, we got to keep going and uh, uh, on this journey of just developing ourselves, but also realizing that God made us special and uh, unique and different from, from everybody else. And so finding that, understanding that, and then uh, deepening those relationships with others is so important. Well, thank you so much for letting me be on the show today. I really have enjoyed it, and uh, I've enjoyed hearing the stories as well. Thank you so much. We, uh, I'm so thankful for Pastor Berkey. He is not only an associate pastor here, he's not only in charge of our missions and our counseling ministry and our children's ministry, but he's also my, uh, he is the father of four of my grandchildren. He's married to my daughter, Charity. And uh, I can say with my whole heart that I am so thankful that God brought him into my life, into my family, and into our ministry. I like to have a lot of fun with him, but the fact of the matter is he has been a great, great blessing to us. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on Tice Talks. Absolutely. This is Tice Talks. And it's more More than than a conversation. It's more than a conversation. It's more than a conversation.